Welcome to A Church in the City, a podcast sharing messages, sermons, and talks from downtown Christian Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. We exist to empower a movement of passionate Jesus followers. We hope that this word can encourage you and strengthen your relationship with God. Thanks for joining us. I want to start by sharing this story that I heard. So this couple um, took a took a vacation and signed up for some tours. And uh, one of the one of the fun little tours that they were taken on was was brought to like a like a crocodile farm kind of situation. And the tour guide owned all the land, and it was this big river, and it was just full of crocodiles. And they would take these rafts with, you know with tourists on them and they would, they would go down the river and the crocodiles would be all over the place and, you know, they would get to experience all of this nature and all that. And there was this tour guide who owned all of it. And so one day she said to the, to the group, to the, all the people that were there and this couple who was there and they were on this raft and there's crocodiles everywhere. And she said, listen, I'm, I'm a very wealthy person. I'm going to throw out a fun challenge. If anyone has the courage to jump off this raft and swim to the shore and if you make it, I'll give you a million dollars. And of course, obviously, everybody's like, I ain't doing that. I'm not going to make it. Like, we're watching the crocodiles. They're snapping, and they're doing all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, like, you turn around, and splash, and there's this guy, and he's just, like, going for the shore. And he makes it to the shore. And then the next day, him and his wife, it's the end of their tour, and they're checking out at the front desk, and the manager looks at him, and he's just like, wow, man, he's like, so cool, you want all that money, like, you're so brave, you're so courageous to just jump in like that. And he looked over at his wife, and he said, I didn't jump, I was pushed. <laughs> I don't know. You always get to tell jokes, why can't I? <laughs> Anyway, so just the moral of the story is sometimes behind a great man is, a, you know, is a woman who pushes them a little bit, you know? So it's all funny, but literally I, I, do, I do have on my heart that I believe God is asking me to push us a little bit this morning. And I only say that because typically when we teach, you know, our whole teaching team kind of has the same philosophy. We teach based on what God's doing in us. I don't have really much more to offer you guys. I'm not, well, like I'm not, I didn't go through seminary. I didn't do that sort of stuff. So to me, all I have is like real life. This is what God's challenging me in. And right now, this is how I literally feel is I feel like everywhere I go, God's just kind of giving me a little push on the back to say, go further, go harder, come deeper. Like I just, I'm feeling this. And so that's just kind of what, you know, it's kind of what I want to just kind of take us through today. And again, just as a reminder, we rotate our teaching team. So if I'm not your favorite, you know, Jonathan's right there. You can make sure that he schedules you for Sunday school teacher every time I preach. Perfect. Win-win. Win-win. Um, anyway, in all seriousness. So I have really personally been enjoying this series, and I hope you guys have too. It has really deeply, deeply been challenging me. And it's been challenging me in a place of metrics. And I know that that's not a popular thing, but just bear with me on this. It's been challenging me in a place to where I'm literally being intentional and saying to myself, am I cultivating my relationship with Jesus as a follower? Like, am I being, am I being uh, discipled to a greater degree as a Jesus follower personally? Like, I'm, I'm, this is a question that I just keep asking myself and asking myself to legit answer and also asking myself, am I making disciples? 
This is our mandate. This is what we were called to do. And so to have it in front of me and to, and to just ignore it, I just don't feel, I, I feel like that's just silly. It's just not what we're called to. And so it's been a really good challenge for me to just kind of continually kind of do that heart check to just kind of say, am I postured here? Am I doing what, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? You know, and God's just been really unpacking some stuff for me. He's been showing me that a lot of my connection with him over the years has been about what I want God to do. And, and yeah, we can all just be like, oh, Jamie's trying to, you know, be superficial, but I'm saying there's even things that I could like quote as spiritual or as good things that I'm like saying to God, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. I, I, you know, I'm asking you to do this and help me in this and show me that. And it, it, a lot of it, those things are, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that, right? I don't see anything wrong with going before the Father and saying, these are things I dream about. These are things I desire. These are things that I look forward to. The problem is, is that a lot of my cultivation has been missing a little aspect of the Holy Spirit speaking into my ear, trying to reveal to me that really the Father is what I actually want. And I believe that's his job and I believe that's his role. And that's kind of, I wanna kind of talk a little bit today as we're gonna talk about how to make disciples what the how-to looks like, I want to talk about the fact that that is partnership with the Holy Spirit, okay? To, to me, that is our how-to. You know, Jesus, when he left this earth, he said, I am sending you one that will be a greater helper. You know, this is my paraphrase, but he's saying that this is a better situation for you than to be walking with me and watching me do all these things and all these amazing things that we look back on. And I personally am like, man, I wish I was there. That would have been amazing. And he's saying, the situation that I set you up in is a better situation. I've got the Holy Spirit that is literally going to, to, to like tabernacle inside of you. We are the temple of the spirit of the living God. That's an amazing, amazing thing. It's an amazing gift. And that's what he's referred to many, many, many times is as a gift. And so talking this morning, just on the how-to of discipleship, how do we disciple those around us? our children, our spouse, our coworkers, our neighbors. How do we do this? And, and I think part of it is just remembering who we are. We're the sent ones, right? Jesus said that. He said, go, make disciples. That was his, that was his commissioning to them. Go, go. So how do we do it? We just go. And I, I know it's gonna sound oversimplified, but I, I, I just believe that this is what the Lord is saying. He's saying, Jamie, the Holy Spirit is not meant to sit beside you. He's not there at the table to where when all of a sudden, you know, I'm praying for Barb, then I can tap into the Holy Spirit and see what he has to say. He's not some sort of parlor trick. He's not a tool. He's not, he's not somebody who is just there waiting for my beck and call so he can live it and move through me. And that's, that's sometimes, to be truthful with you guys, the way that I have treated that relationship. And I remember Kevin uh, uh, preached a sermon a few months back talking about befriending the Holy Spirit, right? This is our job. It's that cultivation. It's that intimacy. It's that, it's that deepening of that relationship. But part of that is literally like this intentionality and in being a listener. So Chris talked last week about being a learner. And I feel like the big thing that the Lord's just saying to me is, Jamie, how do you make disciples? You're a good listener. So you're constantly listening to my Holy Spirit. You're constantly connected, but you're also listening to those around you. You're listening to what people are saying around you. And as they're saying it, you're saying, what are you hearing? What are you doing? 
What do you think? What's going on in your heart right now? You're listening both ways. And it's not all just about listening to solve people's spiritual problems. Sometimes God's just calling me to listen in the moment so that way I can be a comforter, so I can be a support, so I can be a friend. Maybe it's so that way I can hear a need and provide that need. It's about having that connection of intentional listening. And these are the things that the Lord's saying to me that I don't, I don't have to fixate so hard and so fast on trying to... Uh, Sometimes I think we, we think discipleship narrows down to some sort of class and education and markers of growth. And I think the Lord is just trying to do it in real life all day, every day. You know, Kevin and I have had multiple opportunities in the last couple of weeks since we've been talking about this to literally at home disciple each other and kind of say to each other, hey, like this thing that you're, you know, this road you're going down, that's not a great road. Like, let's, don't you think we should be over here? And, you know, we've been doing it for each other and being able to compliment each other in that. That should be a fluid thing. It should be part of who we are. It was who Jesus was. And I was thinking about that. I, I was saying to Kevin, I said, I thought this was so cool because whenever I think about the Holy Spirit, um, I always think of those two scriptures in uh, Romans and Galatians. And it talks about that the Spirit is, is, um, is listening and he's calling out and he's saying, Abba, Father. I don't know if you've ever read those, those two scriptures. It talks about, that's the voice he's speaking into your Abba Father. Those scriptures talk about the fact that he, he is doing that as your promise of being a son or a daughter. It's your promise of inheritance. It's his way of reminding you, saying he's calling out Abba Father from the inward part of your being. He's matching his spirit, trying to have your spirit line up and say, Abba Father, Daddy God. It's that reminder that says, I'm a child of God. And that's what he's doing. He's reminding you, Lori talked about that this morning. That's the place, that's the identity that we come from, right? That's what, that's what we're discipled into is that reminder that we're that daughter or that son of the living God. And I was just so struck because there is a third place that Abba Father, Daddy God is cried out. And that's when Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane. And he said, Abba Father, if it's your will, take this from me. Not Abba Father, stop them from persecuting me, change the mandate, change the situation, change what's going on, change what I was made to do. No, he said, if possible, but if not my will, not my will, but yours be done. He said, Daddy God, I, I'm with you. I'm, I wanna be in the middle of what you're doing. And I believe that's the life we're called to. And I believe that that's how we make disciples is we enter into the middle of whatever it is that God is doing. I love that picture. I think that's the same thing that, that, that the spirit is calling out to me every day is to say, Jamie, remember your mandate. Your mandate is not fixated and it's not encompassed around what you want and what you desire, but on the fact that there is a kingdom agenda and I am smack dab in the middle of it. I'm a key player. You're a key player in the kingdom of God. And I know you may not always feel that way. And I know you may not always, you might say to yourself, I'm not a loud person. I'm not a dynamic person. I can't just be bold like Chris. I can't do this. You know, all these reasons that we give each other, but God's saying to you this morning, you're a key player. He's saying, I put you in this place for such a time as this, exactly where you are in this moment. And I have called you to this. Since you were a little girl or a little boy, I've had my heart, my gaze fixed on you. Number one, as my daughter and as my son and as my affection, 
but number two, as an image and a reflection of my affection to the world around you. And so staying in our own selfish things and waiting for our own stuff is not going to accomplish that. It's not going to get it done. It's not going to, you know, we're never going to see a harvest church that we don't plant. And I'm sorry if that's not popular, okay? Because I know, I, I really believe that because the, the church went through all these years of religion being crammed down people's throats and salvation by works and all this sort of stuff, we just balled it all up and thrown it out the window and said, I'm gonna reject all of it. And it's deflection and it's not godly. He's called us to do something. He's called us to partner with his Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit is crying from the depths of your being. And we are, we're trying to hide behind this place of, I'm I'm not, I, I don't have to do works. No, you don't have to. I'm not talking to you about your own salvation, but I am talking to you about seeking and saving the lost. Seeking which is an action word, and saving, which is an action word, those around you. Because that's what Jesus was called to do, and that's the mandate that he left for us. So harvest comes from sowing, from tending, from toiling. It comes through work, the sweat of your brow. And yeah, we're not under Adam's curse anymore. I don't disagree. But you are called to jump in and say, what are you in the middle of doing? I wanna be a part of it. Because here's the thing, Kevin and I talk about this a lot. We'll, we'll get home from work sometimes at, you know, eight o'clock or whatever, and somebody will hear that and they'll be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that you had to work late. That must be awful. And we're like, no, it's, it's cool. We love what we do. It's not work. It's not toil. That's the curse that was on Adam, was that he would produce thorns and thistles. I'm not working late in producing thorns and thistles. I'm expanding my tent pegs. So it's not work. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, sometimes I'm tired. Sure. You know, and again, I'm not trying to exalt myself because trust me, there's plenty of times that I unravel and I have to get refocused. I'm telling you exactly what God has been trying to line me back up with. So the partnership of the Holy Spirit, when I did like a search in, um, I use this little tool called eSword and it came up with uh, 213 verses that were around the Holy Spirit, talking about who he is, uh, different situations in which he moved. And I thought to myself, yeah, we want to add that as like some third party of the Trinity, right? You know, it's it's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's kind of weird, but it's okay. No, no, no. 213 scriptures and Jesus called him the better gift for us. Just saying. Um, So I want to read this out of uh, I want to read this out of First Timothy two. It's a little bit of scripture. If that's challenging for you, just you can close your eyes and listen. But it's First Timothy two one through seven. This kind of is talking to me about what it looks like for us as believers to be on the earth, because if we're going to disciple, we should be something people desire to be discipled into, right? Why do I want to be discipled under Jesus? Why did the the followers of the way, which is what they were called, why did they leave everything and just go, I want to do this? It's because they saw something there they wanted. People should be seeing something here they want. There's something, there's peace, there's joy. Chris talked about that this morning. There's not not been a single day in the last probably three weeks that I've not heard the Holy Spirit say to me, my joy is your strength. You are not weak. My joy is your strength. Enter my joy. And it's just, these are things we should be walking in. We should be the most joyful, peaceful, prosperous people in the world. And people should be drawn. Yeah, people get drawn by what's in the natural. 
but then they enter into their heart's cry of the spirit. So 1 Timothy 2, he says, first of all then, I urge that entreaties and prayers and petitions and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all men for kings and all who are in authority so that we, we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This is good and acceptable in the sight of our Lord and our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, one mediator, and also between God and men, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom for all and the testimony given at the proper time. And then he speaks of himself. He said, for this, I was appointed as a preacher and as an apostle. He said, I'm telling the truth, I'm not lying. And also as a teacher of the Gentiles in a faith and in truth. So that's a question for you. Were you appointed for this? Were you placed here for this? Or are you somehow exempt from the mandate for some reason? We are daily at the table, and Chris shared on this when he was talking about communion, at the table of our enemies. And can I remind us all that your enemies are not people? They are not people, okay? This scripture I just read to you said, for all. Jesus said many times that salvation was for all, okay? So Joe Biden is not your enemy. He's your mandate. Donald Trump is not your enemy. He's your mandate. Republicans, Democrats, black people, white people, gay people, trans people, us, they, we, them, everyone, all these, all these folks that are across our nation that, that make people uncomfortable, they are not your enemy, they are your mandate, okay? You should be in their midst. You should be having dinner, coffee, lunch. Everything goes around food with me. Um, you get it, okay? There's nothing wrong with that. We should be fellowshipping, encouraging, lifting up, providing needs. For those around us, this is our ministry. This is what we're in service to. Church, the enemy, scripture says the enemy is prowling around, seeking whom he may devour. And I dare say that sometimes the church acts more like him than the savior of this world. And we seek around and we're prowling who we can rebuke on social media, who we can correct, who said something we didn't like who's different than us, who believes something we don't believe, and we just want to devour them and tell them they're wrong and tell them that they're, that they're not this and they're not that and that they fell short. Super helpful. I, I, I'm saying myself included. I, I walk in this, in this posture of criticism, but the savior of the world said he came for those who were lost. How do we disciple? We just do it. We just be willing to show up and be face-to-face -face with people who aren't like you. With people who aren't like me. I'm not just talking, I'm serious. This is what God is saying to me. There are people I don't understand. There are people sometimes I'm like, man, you are crazy. I don't like being with you. You make me uncomfortable. You're annoying, whatever. Okay, this is just reality. But if I continue to retract and say, man, I would rather just spend an evening at home than go and touch someone's life, guess what harvest I'm gonna reap? 
None. Because harvest does not come in finances. It does not come. Now, again, I'm not talking about the blessings and the inheritance and the abundance of the Lord. I'm talking about straight up harvest. The harvest that's referred to in scripture is people. That's the only thing we're supposed to be focused on is people, people. Um, going back into looking at the disciples and their partnership with the Holy Spirit, right? So Jesus says to them, they, they recap it in Acts 1, that Jesus, right before he left, he said to them, go, go to Jerusalem and do not wait, do not, go, do not do anything until you've received the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't do anything. So they did. They went, they sat together, they prayed. We know the story. The Holy Spirit was poured out on them. And I would dare say that the group that's there is not much larger than this. And I mean, we're talking about the start of the church and the Holy Spirit is poured out and they start to teach and they start to speak and they start to go about their everyday lives. And they're so excited because they've encountered the living God that they start talking about it places. They start ha- seeing, seeing people with broken bones and, and people who are blind and their hearts are cut with compassion and they start to operate and move in the power of the Holy Spirit, okay? Uh, many, 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 many times when scripture refers to the Holy Spirit, it says the Holy Spirit and power. Those th- two things come together, the Holy Spirit and power. And I'm not trying to make this about healing. I'm trying to make this about the fact that he's much bigger than this sideline player that I keep making him into. So they start operating, they start moving, they get thrown in jail. We know all the countless stories, they get thrown in jail. They go before the the councils of people to state their case and what continually is asked of them. Who is giving you this power? When's the last time someone asked us that? I think it's been a while since anybody asked that of the church. Who's given us this power? They were demonstrating so much that these people wanted to know where is this coming from? And their motivation was because they wanted to stop it. But regardless, it was being noticed, it was being found, it was being seen, it was being demonstrated, seen, 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 seen. I got it, it's fine, don't worry about it. It was being demonstrated. And so then what happens? They get released, they go back to their meeting of, of the brethren, back to where they're all gathered together. They don't go home and go, man, I got to watch Netflix for like 12 hours because I was just in prison and I missed some shows and I want my favorite food and I got to stock up on all these amazing things. I don't have a problem with any of that stuff. I'm just saying, I feel like sometimes we're so fixated on it. It's so ridiculous, such a waste of time. But instead they went back, they continued to dive back in. They prayed together. They shared the amazing story of what God did every time. And then it says they all went into prayer and what did they pray for? Come on, you guys know boldness. Not that the laws would get changed so they wouldn't get in trouble anymore for preaching. Not that their oppressors wouldn't find them anymore. Not that they, not any of that. They prayed that they would not shrink back as a result of this, but instead move forward, engage harder, do more. I, I really think that a lot of times moving around in my life and in the church, the fear, the, there, there's, a, there's a spirit of fear that has this sheep's clothing wrapped around in front of it that says wisdom. So we're looking at situations that we're like, I'm not gonna enter into that. I'm gonna use my wisdom. 
Ananias didn't use his wisdom when the spirit of God came to him and said, hey, I'm gonna send you Paul. You know, the murderer of the church, the guy who has the biggest reputation for slaughtering Christians. I'm gonna send him to you and I want you to pray, on, pray for him that, this, that the spirit would, would come on him. Come again? No, that's not God. That's not wisdom. I'm not doing that. We do this so often. It's not wisdom. It's not wisdom. Really? These guys entered into all kinds of situations that we would call this day not wisdom. And as long as we continue to play our lives safe and comfortable, we're not going to see and do and participate in the center, in the core of the things that God is doing. He's not concerned with, with what we perceive as wisdom. He loves to show off, loves to, because he's all powerful and all knowing and his heart is for his kids. And here's the thing, guys, whoever you can think of that, that you despise the most in your life, whether it's a politician or an uncle or a brother or a long lost whatever, or a pastor who, who maybe was ungodly, whatever the thing is, whoever that person is, this is still somebody that Jesus goes, man, my heart is fixed on this person. I was listening to a podcast the other day and through the whole podcast, you know, these people are cheering as this guy's preaching. And then he talks about the fact that, that he was in Russia or something and God gave him a heart for Stalin. Or no, Putin. Stalin's been gone for a while. Putin. <laughs> I got it. But anyway, it was hilarious because all of a sudden this crowd that was cheering him is like you could hear a pin drop. It was not, these people were not a fan of what he had said. He's like, come on, are you serious? Was he not created by the living God? Does scripture not say that I wish for all men? We keep trying to pray for, we're praying for the demise of our leaders. We're praying for the demise of people around us. We're praying that, that, that people would be removed and all of these things would happen. Why aren't we praying for heart changes, for radical revival? Why aren't we praying for believers to come into these people's lives and meet moments to where maybe they have a sick child and somebody comes in by the, by the power and by the spirit of God comes in with healing and manifestation and these people go, your God is truly God. Come on. Come on. We should be praying for these people that are in positions of, of authority. They've already got a mass scope. Okay, this is how we can, like, this is like exponentiation. It's good stuff. Strategy. I'm sorry that it's not popular for us to have to want to do and be a part and be in the center of these things, but this is what God's called you to do. And if he didn't call you into it, you you go have a conversation with him because I I don't think that's accurate. I don't think you're listening. I'm just being truthful. I said this to to the Lord the other day. I said, how do I, how do I just know, you know, give me some Give me some ways that I can just have some measurables to know that I'm drawing near to you. And he's like, I'll give you a couple. At least daily, you should be being convicted. The closer you draw to the Father, you always find conviction. You will find thanksgiving. You will find joy. These are ways that we know that we're drawing near to the Lord because his ever all-consuming fire wants to burn away those things that are trying to come between us and him. And us in the world around us. God's called us to a life free from criticism, free from segregation, free from pride that tells you that you're better than someone that you shouldn't have to minister to. 
You know, we've talked about this so many times, you know, we look at, we look at situations and never mind, I'm not going to go there. Um, so Matthew 28, this is what Jesus said. He said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. It's a little tricky for us to teach people when we're not walking and stuff. So again, that's where that conviction comes. The things he's teaching us should be changing us, transforming us, transforming our minds. We should be walking renewed from glory to glory to glory. And then that's what we can carry people on in our journey. And he said, and I will be with you always, even until the end of the age. And so what did they do? They went, they were fishermen. They probably had less resources than most people in this room. And they just went. And you could say, yeah, well, they spent all those years with Jesus. They knew the how-to. No, he said, you go with the Holy Spirit and power. And they went and they did. And how do we do it? But, but I don't know how to hear the Holy Spirit. Maybe that's, maybe that's what you're saying. Like, I don't know how to do that, right? So I, I like to pray. I like to do those things, but I get in that situation and I don't know what to say and, I, and I'm scared. Well, what did Jesus say to his disciples? He said, when you get there and you don't know what to say, what did he say? He said, the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. So either you believe it or you don't. Either you believe it or call him a liar. Those are your choices. So either we believe it and we do it and we show up in these situations. We believe that what he's placing in our heart is what God has to say. We allow ourselves to be discipled in those moments or we can just sit at home and sit on the sidelines. But I'm gonna keep pressing in and I'm hoping you guys press in with me too. And I'm believing that God is gonna bring revival like never before, but I wanna be on this side of it. I don't want to be a recipient of it. I want to be, I want to be the, the reason for the ruckus. Yes, come on. I, I'm just being honest. That's what I want. And I, I, just, hope that, I just hope that we want it here too. Um, so I'll just close with this. Again, just our reminder. How do we hear from the Holy Spirit? First of all, you should be filled. You should be filled with the Holy Spirit. There's many times in scripture that it talks about the filling of the Holy Spirit. And I'm not talking about salvation. I'm not talking about the spirit of God living inside of you. I'm talking about like a baptism. So if that's something you've never experienced, you don't understand it, whatever it may be, we're gonna have folks in the back. I know Chris and Lisa are willing to. Dan and Barb are gonna be back there. They will pray for you and help you in this. It's an important part. It's a beautiful, amazing part. And then from there, you're just listening. You're just listening, you're operating. You're just saying intentionally every moment of every day of your life, God, I wanna be in the center of what you're doing. How can I disciple my kids? How can I disciple my parents? How can I disciple my spouse? How can I do that? Because it doesn't come from a posture of me being entitled and having needs and trying to get other people to fill them. Jesus, Jesus led by being a servant. And he put himself there and he gave of himself. And that's what we're called to do, being in the middle and in the moment and in the hot seat. And he's so excited about it. And he chose you and he called you and he equipped you and he filled you. And he gave you everything that you need and everything that I need. And then what did he do? Then he said, go. You're not waiting on anything. You don't need any more tools. Then he said, go. That's the place we're in right now is the place that we just need to go. We just need to do. And when you find yourself in a situation and you're like, I don't know how to disciple in this situation, call someone. Hey, I feel a little overwhelmed. Somebody's asked me to disciple them in this situation. What, can someone give me wisdom? It's okay, we're in this together. We're here to do this. And the Holy Spirit wants to talk to you. 
and he wants to fill you and he wants to, he wants to demonstrate the love of the father in power and in love. And he wants to use you. Can I pray for us? Father, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you, God, for this mandate. I thank you, Lord, that someone took that seriously when I met you. Someone said, I'm gonna put myself in the middle of what the Father is doing and I'm gonna, I'm gonna reach out and I'm gonna meet Jamie where she's at and I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna stir up the gifts inside of her and someone did that and that's how I got to know you. And Father, I just ask that this morning you would remind us there are people you put in our lives intentionally that you are calling for us to disciple, to go, to participate, to be a part of that, of that crying out of Abba, Father, that identifying in someone else's life that they are a, a son and a daughter of the living God. And through that identification, they get to say yes to the promises. They get to say yes to the inheritance. And they get to walk in the, in the freedom and the liberty that you've called us into, God. I thank you, Lord, that you would remind us that we are sent ones. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about DCC, get involved in one of our ministries, or give to support us, you can find us at achurchinthecity.org. You can also follow us on Instagram at Downtown Christian Church for Sunday morning set lists, sermon series announcements, and much more. You can also join us live on YouTube every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern. Just search for Downtown Christian Church. Thank you for listening.